Welcome in everybody to another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast presented by Freight School Playbook. I am your host, Blythe Brumleaf, and today I want to talk about building your in-house content team. And the reason I bring this up is because Morning Brew, who has the fabulous email newsletter, several different variations, some of which you, you might have seen in the past, uh, but they have a great Twitter presence and their email is even better than that. But the Morning Brew team, who also has a marketing division, who sends out a great marketing email as well, has interviewed 400 folks in marketing to find out the most overhyped and overlooked trends businesses should be paying attention to or ignoring in 2021 and beyond. And one of those items on the overlooked list was companies making the transition to hire in-house content teams. Now, a few stats just to sort of read off here that was included in their newsletter is Gap has chosen to bring their entire content team in-house, the clothing brand Gap. 74% of in-house creative teams were started in the last five years. So that should give you kind of an idea of where those trends are heading. And by 2021, speaking of trends, Forrester estimates that 50,000 marketing and advertising jobs will be lost on the agency side alone. When we talk about what is an in-house content marketing team or an in-house creative team, it's usually a few different variables, especially in freight and logistics. So what that kind of constitutes as for an in-house team is one person that handles all of it, one person that has a team, which is kind of very rare. It really only exists at sort of the, the, the top brokerages and carriers across the country. And then there's one person who handles all of the digital media and marketing and has other job responsibilities. But no matter how you shape your team, I have a few tips for each of you. And then we're going to dive into the meat of the show, which is an interview with Kyle McNaught of Freight Plus. I actually said his name correctly this time. Uh, so thank you to Kyle for giving me the proper phonetic spelling of how to actually pronounce his name. It it's, it's looks way easier than how I'm making it out to be, but it was very difficult. It took about six times in order to pronounce his last name correctly. But Kyle McNaught of Freight Plus is on the show later on in this episode, and he's going to talk about how he actually manages his in-house content team over at Freight Plus. But if you are looking at starting up your own in-house content team, which I would imagine most people are, most people can't, or most businesses can't afford to pay a marketing agency thousands and thousands of dollars every single month. So if you fall into that bucket, this show is for you. So follow these tips. If you're going internal, you need to dedicate time each week just to creating new pillar content. And when I talk about pillar content, I mean from a long form perspective. So think of recording your get a demo calls. Think of your the sales team that you have that's doing cold outreach. Record those calls. Um, so that would constitute as pillar content in either a video or a podcast form. Ideally, start with video because if you start with video, then that leads to other opportunities where you can export the audio or you can extract the audio from that pillar piece of video. Um, you can also use that in digestible clips to distribute out to social media. So really dedicate time each week to creating some sort of pillar content. This can be a Zoom, this can be a webinar, which those phrases are kind of synonymous at this point. But if you're creating a, a topic each week that you want to discuss, maybe some industry insight, uh, there are a lot of different ways that you can handle the pillar side of the content. But make sure you're dedicating time every single week in order to creating one piece of pillar content because that piece can then evolve into clips for social media. It can evolve into blog posts. It can evolve into a podcast, YouTube content, LinkedIn videos, the whole nine. But you have to start with that pillar piece of content. So the next tip on this list is even if your internal content team has other responsibilities, you still need to invest in the time. I don't care what kind of fires are going off on a Monday or a Tuesday. Maybe you dedicate every Wednesday morning in order to creating pillar pieces of content. No matter what comes up for that week, you have to invest that time in that pillar piece of content. Otherwise, it's just all for nothing. So you have to keep that momentum going, stay in that grind and, and use it as a, as a 
I guess for lack of a better phrase, a a pillar piece of your overall marketing strategy. So using that pillar piece of content by dedicating time to it every single week is going to have you an enormous amount of steps ahead of everybody else in the industry. The content game is growing as far as freight and logistics, but it's not quite there yet as other industries are seeing. So there's still a lot of opportunity, probably for the foreseeable future, the next few years in order for you to really capitalize on 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 getting your brand message out there in a way that you are appealing to your target audience, you're appealing to your leads, and you're using the internal resources that you already have with that in-house content team. You have the approval of the executives right off the bat, but you don't want to get too far in the weeds of regular business life, which can happen. It happens all the time, but you really want to make sure that that dedicated time is blocked off. The rest of the office staff knows that that's what you're doing and that particular time and you are not to be interrupted. So those are just a few of my my tips in order to to really capitalize on on getting the buy-in from the rest of your coworkers and also from uh potential executives and even, you know, in the future whenever you're crafting your plans, that having that dedicated time slot really helps a lot as far as the overall goals and the investment in the company and in the brand. So next up on the list is if you're hiring external, whether it's a server or a recently laid off marketing employee, then you want to be able to equip them with the best perks, I guess, as possible. And perks is probably not the right phrase to use here, but you want to equip them with the tools that they need to succeed. So try to hire somebody who can write well first. There are many broadcasters, and I use the term broadcasters sort of loosely here because I consider myself as a broadcaster, but I've never actually received formal training except for on the job trial by fire training. So usually the path for a lot of people that you see on TV or uh, video uh, based shows, what they start off with is writing really, really well. And then they move into radio or podcasting. And then they move from that medium into TV. It's very difficult to go from uh, somebody who's on TV to learn how to write well, but the transition is incredibly easier for those who start off with a really great, strong writing career, because then that helps with your blogging, that helps with your social media captions, that helps with your video descriptions, it helps with your podcast descriptions, it helps with so many different avenues, but finding that person that can write well first is probably the biggest takeaway. It doesn't matter if they're a server, like I was for eight years, or it doesn't matter if they were a former marketing agency employee, which, you know, if this study from Forrester rings true, 50,000 of them are going to be laid off by 2021. So this year, um, unfortunately, but you can utilize, you know, somebody else's quote unquote trash and turn it into your treasure. But just make sure that you're looking for somebody that can write well first, because then if they can write well first, then they have the opportunity to then focus in on two to three social media platforms. They can focus on your your blogging, getting your website copy up to up to par, and it really sort of expands the horizons if you hire that person that can write well first. So the next tip on this list is I want to tell you to empower your current employees to help create this content. There's nothing more powerful in an organization than utilizing your own employees in order to be the megaphone for your company. So I think where a lot of companies are a little scared in this regard is they don't want to give their employees free reign. So you want to have some kind of stipulations involved whenever you're promoting online, especially talking about the business, but you do want them to be encouraged to share authentically what they feel about your company and about certain content that you're creating. So you want them to put it in their own words. They're sharing it with their audience. Their audience is probably already used to the way that they talk, the way that they act. So utilize that. Utilize that as a way that they can promote your company's content and your company's messaging but do it in their own way. And a lot of times, especially from a social media perspective, if you're promoting on LinkedIn or Facebook, your personal pages, if you're promoting that content, it goes a long way versus promoting it on the company page, on a Facebook page, on a LinkedIn company page. These are opportunities where LinkedIn and Facebook are looking for 
the brand to pay for advertising, whereas that doesn't really exist on the personal page front. So you can use those employees to use their own social media personal accounts in order to promote the content and then also engage with the company itself. So you can use the company page in order to share and curate that same content that your employees are already putting out. And you can make the company page sort of a, a best of option in order to share those those messages that your employees that you really liked. So just give the, a little bit of a freedom to your employee base to share that content. It's as simple as whenever you publish something new, send out a company-wide email, let them know some of the new stuff that's going on, new articles that have been published, videos, podcasts, things like that, and ask them to share it on their own personal pages if they're comfortable. A lot of employees don't really want to mess around with social media, especially after the last couple of years and the chaos that has sort of ensued from social media platforms. So you do kind of want to be weary of that, but that is one of your using your internal employees in order to talk about the company is one of the bigger assets that you can have when it comes to getting that initial message out when you're trying to build up that subscriber base from, from the fresh start. So next up, I want to also suggest that you invest in education. For me, what I created over the summer with Rate School Playbook is I created educational resources for content marketing, content distribution, um, the whole nine in order to give access to those resources that I wish I would have had when I was working in an in-house content team or just working solo. So investing in education is one of the bigger things that a lot of companies can take advantage of because not all of your employees are just looking to to be the pikers, to come in at eight and leave right at five or to clock in on the computer and leave right at 5 p.m., some of them want to know that they have, you know, a, a, a glass ceiling that they can shatter, that they can invest in themselves, whether it's investing in themselves to the benefit of your company or in the future. They want to know that there's a pathway to better themselves. They, they want to invest in who they could be. So as a company, helping them to invest in that educational side of things will really go a long way. There are plenty of courses out there to an online on-demand learning that can help further those goals for you. But a few of them that I just want to sort of give a quick shout out to is my own courses that I've created. And like I said, I wanted to create these for the, the job roles that I had 10 years ago that still exist to this day where you, you have small teams of you know 10 to 20 people. Maybe sometimes you have close to 80 employees and no marketing department because that's exactly where I was too. But I was still looking for that help and that educational guidance. So three courses that I have on Freight School Playbook right now, 93 bucks, or you can get the all-inclusive pass that's good for all of the content that's added throughout the entire year. And the first one is crafting your content marketing plan, your content distribution plan, and then creating an internal video or podcast, aka a video cast for your company. So each one of those will take my 10 plus years of logistics marketing knowledge and crush it into, you know, just a few hours of investment, a small fee in order to get you up to speed and get you running, hitting the ground running a lot faster. So you can find links to all of these courses. Plus, I I, I posted something to, to LinkedIn this week that talked about the best logistics companies that are just crushing the content game. Now, I, I created this list from two perspectives. One is you can look at these companies and get examples of in-house content teams that are already killing it. So think of companies like FreightWaves, of course, um, DAT, uh, Trucker Tools, uh, a, a few other companies. Freight Plus is, is one that you'll, you'll hear from in just a little bit. But these companies have an in-house content team and they are killing it. And they're creating product videos, uh, features, um, frequently asked questions, things like that. And that is is more or less to give you an idea of inspirational you know, content metrics, or not really metrics, but insp inspirational ideas that you can take and you can see, okay, I really liked how this company did this. I really liked how they did that. This video seems to be resonating a lot with their audience. And if you have similar audiences in mind, or maybe they're your competition, then you can look at what's performing well for them and try to replicate it inside inside of your, of your own company. So that's part of the list. And then the other part of the list is this growth 
of of really influencers, for lack of a better phrase, I kind of hate using that phrase influencers, but that's really what they are that, you know, over the last year, especially with COVID, this is one of those situations where some people were laid off. Um, some people decided to start their own programming. Everybody's at home with a webcam and a microphone. So what better way to get the, the messaging of your company out there and the services and the products that you provide than using mediums like this? And so there's two different categories you can learn from. You can get inspiration from the companies and you can get inspiration from the people who are doing it all on their own. So using those two methods, there's a list right up on the digitaldispatch.io website. So you can check out that full list, why I like them, links to their shows, all that good stuff. Um, It's also posted on LinkedIn, but it's much easier just to go straight to the website and get it there. I'll also link to that in the show notes too, just to make it easy for the lazy because I love when other shows do that for me. So I'm going to do that for you too. Next up, You can enjoy this interview with Kyle McNutt of Freight Plus, and he's built a great internal content team. He uses the resources that he already has, and he's also... His equipment isn't that fancy. It's it's one of those things where you can shoot an entire video series on your iPhone. This, that's how far technology has come and how accessible it is for the everyday person in order to create great, captivating content that really highlights their company values, what customers are frequently asking them, um, getting really ahead of the game and putting a, and putting a voice to, you know, one of your, 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 a company logo. And he's doing a great job of that. So I hope you guys enjoy this chat. This is from Freight Waves, put that coffee down with Kevin Hill and I discussing with Kyle on how he built his content team. Welcome in Kyle McNutt from Freight Plus, formerly Aborn and Company, to join the show here. And this is this is an interesting situation I find myself in because I'm now on on air with two people that have replaced Dooner <laughs> in different different things. How are you doing today, Kyle? <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah. Uh, yep. Actually, believe it or not, I work at the company Dooner was working at before he came to Freightwave. So even the podcast consulting logistics that I produce is Dooner's. So I, I, I have a bone to pick with Dooner with the tripod he picked for video because for some reason he picked a pistol grip tripod. Uh, makes no sense. Leveling the thing is such a pain in the butt. So in case any of you are wondering, don't let Dooner pick a tripod for you because he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> Now, now, Kyle, oh, you. Kevin loves it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm waiting to see what he says on here. But, but so, 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 Kyle. I love Dooner. I love Dooner. <laughs> oh yeah, we we all love Dooner. We all do. So, so you're a graduate of Florida State University, and before you joined Aborn and Company, now Freight Plus, which we'll talk about in just a second, you work for, uh, you produce live streams for Dunkin' Donuts, Cadillac, TEDx Talks, NAB, and CES. I will now give you your 30-second elevator pitch. I don't have the, the music with me, but I'll, I'll assume that you're honest with the 30 seconds. <laughs> I'll start my timer. Uh, <laughs> essentially, I've been multimedia producer. I love everything, right? I was kind of born in the whole creating videos, like downloading YouTube videos and making compilation videos. So I've been doing all that my whole life. Uh, moved up to Boston when I graduated Florida State because I hate warm weather, I guess. I didn't know how bad snow was. <laughs> Um, should have just stayed out in Jacksonville with Blythe, but yeah, I started working for uh live streaming in 2010, so doing a lot of cool stuff, producing second screen experiences with Dunkin' Donuts and Cadillac, doing whole TEDx talks for the entire weekend where I didn't get any sleep on a lot of fun stuff, but it was a lot of kind of stuff for companies. So I moved over to a nonprofit where we were doing more educational advocacy stories, super fun. A lot of like rolling up my sleeves. I was in, I was walking Las Vegas with a firefighter. It was one of the first ones to be on the scene during the active shooter. Uh, and he's like, oh yeah, just crazy stories. He's like, oh yeah, I was walking. I kept stepping on glass and it took, it took me a little bit, but I was like, oh, that's the glass the shooter shot out. I was like, oh my gosh. So lots of crazy <laughs> stories, but um, yeah, it was, it, advocacy is a fun game. It's a fun world uh, and a lot of content creation. I got to do a lot of crazy stuff uh, and then kind of got to meet Steve Aborn, who um, Dooners talked a lot about uh, and got to meet Jill Clifford and they, they brought me over to the world of logistics. So got to jump into that and start creating uh, because the industry is so much fun right now. I was pumped when I kind of was just diving into it at the beginning, but this, if 2020 was anything, it was just a boom of how many people started really creating content. And that was so, way over 30. 
that's that's okay. So for Kyle, you've spent a lot of time uh, personalizing that experience from a marketing perspective, working with other people. How, what was your first task that you wanted to tackle moving into the world of logistics? Was it that same approach that you want to, you know, walk around with a firefighter, but instead it's a sales team now, what was that first thing that you wanted to tackle from a content perspective? It was that you actually kind of nailed it. I did a, I did a podcast series that won some awards, uh, in the, for the nonprofit where we kind of followed a family of, uh, burn survivors, uh, who unfortunately they, they lost some kids. So it wasn't a great story, but it was all kind of, of what, what a home fire does and sort of advocacy advocating for home fire sprinklers. So when we started talking about what's going on, I, I was like, well, man, there's probably a, a cool, like I could create like a cool limited run series for like stuff like what the carriers are doing or what, what the, what a logistics operation works like. Cause you really don't think about it. Like I love the guys that I knew at the nonprofit that worked in logistics, but I was always like, Oh, it'd be kind of cool to create that sort of series in something that's a, uh, a little like cereal, right? I mean, every one of us in the podcasting game, like more or less started off cereal. How do we do that type of stuff? But yeah, that was my, my hope when I walked in and then I got punched in the face of how crazy logistics is immediately. <laughs> I was like, Oh my, what is this place? What am I, what, you mean it's not just truckers going from A to B. So uh, yeah, it kind of was a quick pivot, but the really cool thing for me, uh, especially at um, freight plus formerly a and co is we have like people with 30 plus years in logistics that are so patient with me. I mean, Jill Clifford, uh, she's been on a couple of the shows here. She, she will take time and really explain a lot of what's going on in logistics. So I just listened. Um, actually a huge shout out to, uh, Adam Robinson over at your guys side. Cause I listened to a podcast he did where he talked about his, when he first joined, cause he was sort of like me, just was content guy joined in and he's like, I just interviewed everyone. He's, and I kind of did the same. I used Dooner's gear cause I had to figure out how all this stuff worked. Cause it was very happy meal. Like, uh, joking. This stuff was great, but yeah, I interviewed everyone. And then I sat in on client calls. I mean, that was the big thing. I just sat in on every client call I possibly could because I just learned you're hearing from your clients. You're hearing from what your prospects are probably going through and you're listening and hearing what their complaints are. And then you have these mm. industry experts that are explaining to them and keeping them calm and stuff. So that was the big eye opener for me is just attending those. That was the most valuable thing I did when I first started. So after you, as you're absorbing information, talking to everybody, talking to, to the people internally there, and and customers, what was the big? What was your first big idea of what to create? What what series did to create uh, content wise? Well, I want to keep the consulting logistics going. So that was the podcast that Dooner started. Uh, he was passionate about. He did a couple of cool themes in there that I thought I could kind of keep up with. So I, I wanted to keep the podcasting going because this was 2019, right? Podcasting in the logistics industry had not blown up to what it has now. So it, we already had like I had about 40 something episodes down. We had somewhat of an audience. So I, did, I didn't want to miss out on that. Um, but a lot of what I was hearing was there's a lot of simple stuff that people kind of take for granted. Um, and I, at first I just thought I was the dumbest one in the room. I'm like, okay, I'm like, so wait, what they don't know about this. And they're like, yeah, like a lot of people don't understand how an LTL hub works or like what chargebacks are because they kind of just avoid all that type of stuff. So I, I just started picking up on that. I just have a little notepad. I write it down. I'm like, all right, here we go. LTL hub. What is that? How's this mode work? How do these things start going? And I started realizing that there was opportunities to create something that, sure, some of us in the industry probably think of as like as no-brainers, but me with two years under my belt, I'm like, oh, this is great. It's like awesome to learn this type of stuff. And I just do some whiteboard videos where I just have my guys just draw, illustrate to me what this means. Uh, hmm. And that's all, like, I've seen it in the past. I did it a little bit at the nonprofit. So it was sort of just kind of taking some stuff I was doing in the past, but bringing that out there. But, I mean, the big thing I learned from client calls was, like, you t- people take for granted how little everyone kind of really does know mm-hmm. and how, how much they're kind of just looking to hear what others are doing. I mean, that's a big thing. They're, they're like, I, I just don't know what, like I do what I do. I do it day in and day out. What's else someone else doing? And that's kind of where conferences and stuff come in. But it's also, as we know, it's not easy a, to attend a conference a lot of times. And now with the virtual ones, it's sort of like I'm already on my computer so long. Not that Freightways hasn't done an amazing job making virtual conferences. You guys are the best one I've seen. Uh, but it's also just giving them short form content. That's important. 
And you make a really good point. And I'm glad that you brought up the whiteboard series because that was one of the first moments that I got an education in in logistics as well, because it's some of the, that content that I don't know. And so those videos helped me understand sort of the LTL world as well. And you can tell with the numbers on your guys's videos that a lot of other people, those are some of your more successful videos, is that a lot of people are actively looking for that kind of information. And, and you've been managing sort of a, a, a content uh, marketing plan since since 2019, I say sort of, you've definitely been doing it, but you've also expanded into hiring interns and getting the executives on board. What kind of initial challenges, if any, did you run into with getting other employees and executives involved in the, in the content marketing plan? Oh, no one wants to be on camera. <laughs> no one wants to be on camera. Uh, if they did, they did some sort of, they're in the field that made them want to actually be on camera or they're YouTubers. Um, it, it was a lot of Getting them to kind of feel comfortable in front of the camera. A lot of it, I mean, it's like sales, right? It's you're picking up the cold call and you got to make them feel comfortable with you. So you've got to, you can't start asking crazy questions. You really got to make the connection. You got to listen. You got to kind of hear what they're saying. Uh, a big thing I do is create an outline. So I send out the outline uh, and I kind of make it simple. I play the dumbest in the room because most of the time I am. Uh, but it's mainly just kind of learning and listening. Like that's that's the big thing. Um Interns were good. I mean, interns, I kind of, uh, I've been, I love mentoring, right? I've always, I heard the whole thing of like, if you can't bring on an intern, it means you're just, you, if you can't teach, you're not confident in what you're doing. So I love bringing on interns because like when they bring up things I don't know, and especially in the video world, these kids are going so fast with video. I get so mad at how good they are at all this stuff. I'm like, I did years <laughs> of getting this and you're like doing this on your phone. Like my little cousin can throw out this amazing edit that like when I put into a video, it was like, I was being impressive. Like, I hate you. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> but, I mean, I learned from them. And a lot of it is I tell them like, hey, I'm going to give you more responsibilities as we kind of continue and see how you guys are doing. So I'm going to start simple. You guys show me that you listen and we can kind of go from there. Uh, and a lot of what I'm doing is explaining as I go. But yeah, I, I love the internship. Uh, the executives have all kind of bought in. They, they believe in the power of education and kind of creating content. So it's been Super fun. And just they're all everyone at Freight Plus is very much on board with it. So, so Kyle, you've been, you've been in logistics for 18 months and I, I went through the same process uh, that everyone else did. You know, I, I my first day in a freight broker seat, I had no idea between a, a dry van and a, a flatbed trailer. And I just had to learn it as I sold it, which is a, a very difficult proposition. But it, it's what basically all freight salespeople do. I mean, they learn it as they go. Uh, because most people come from outside the industry. So been there 18 months, you're going into 2021, we're making our marketing budgets. What are some of the main goals that you have for 2021? Uh, you guys kind of talked about it before, right? It, it's, it, it is those MQLs, it is filling out that type of stuff. Uh, big things for me is just going to be video. Uh, trying to make sure we're putting out that stuff, continuing to grow that channel. It's something that I'm seeing more and more growth and more and more connections and people watching. I mean, you guys talk about why it's so important, but the one thing that you guys didn't mention was signaling. I mean, yeah, it's great. So a lead kind of finds you all on that stuff. But the idea that you're putting out this amount of content really signals that like, hey, you guys are a lot, like you look bigger than you really are. I mean, believe it or not, I'm kind of a two-person team. It's me and my marketing assistant who's about to leave me, Courtney Conyers. She's going to become a, a business development rep. So it's back to old solo Kyle, which is going to be a blast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's signaling and making us look like, wow, but Blythe nailed it. It's cutting up the content, right? You, you're shooting mm -hmm. one big thing and then you're going to chop it up to different formats, different sizing, different messaging, going to different channels. I mean, that's kind of the big thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Providing the supporting my sales is all that I really focus on. How do I support sales? Like marketing is that. How do I kind of help those guys close? <laughs> And, and you bring up a really good topic because because that's something that I think a lot of teams get pushback on, especially when creating you know new videos and and new podcasts. Executives want to know how can I track the ROI from this? The infamous question that you have to every marketer has to answer at some point. So what is your answer to that? If sales comes back to you and says this isn't working, we could do this better, or an executive says, well, why do we need to spend more money on creating a podcast or video when the sales team is making a hundred cold calls a day. What is your justification to, to the statements like that? Well, the, the 
big trick is trying to make sure you keep every cost as low as possible, which you should mm-hmm. be able to do. You should be able to film with your phone. It has a 4K camera in it. You buy a cheap microphone. This thing that I have right now with my little Madonna mic is cheap. It's probably less than 20 bucks. Like You should be able to keep costs down. Video does not cost the arm and the leg that it used to. Um, so that's the big thing. Watch time's important. Uh, kind of seeing when people are dropping off, how long you're retaining kind of helps with, hey, is this message right? Um, it, those are kind of the big things that I look towards with video. In KPI world, I mean, it, it's the usual stuff of like opens, did it lead to conversions, that type of stuff. Um, we do have a data science team at Freight Plus, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of lucky there. So I'm going to start using them in 2021. Uh, to try to create some more actionable insights of what these reports look like, really helping out the sales staff. And honestly, the sales guys and gals, uh, they more or less just need to know where the content is. So the big thing for me is a content library. Like is, metrics are important, but those guys, they look at it from time to time. Like I find they, they'll look at it, they'll find it interesting if a prospect can be served up and they know what they looked at. But they usually are kind of their alphas, right? They know what they're talking about. They they believe in themselves. They sell themselves. So if I can give them tools and just have that toolbox mm-hmm. where they understand how to use it and they can just pull from it. And then also I'm there for them. That's kind of been the thing that's been most successful for me. Hmm. So, so Kyle, Dooner says about the equipment <laughs> specifically. <laughs> oh, he's talking to me a bunch on LinkedIn. I'm like, why did you do I, that? I know, right? He's like, here. <laughs> As if I set the gear budget, Kyle, I'm 20 minutes from you right now. Don't make me come over there. So, so there's a warning for, anytime, from Duna. Yeah, we got, I got Mortal Kombat machine. Duna, you want to go anytime. You don't want my smoke that I'm about to bring it. Beard versus beard. So, so, so Kyle, what is your advice for, for anyone out there who wants to do their own content on a low budget, uh, but both on the tech side and also on the content side? I, I, I think we've all decided the shorter the content, the better. Uh, but what are some of the, the the main things that you always think about whenever you're creating uh, new content? Yeah, I, I actually wouldn't even necessarily say shorter the better. I mean, most YouTube videos I'm seeing are 14 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 okay. minutes. I mean, people are watching at two times speed at this point. It, it depends on if you're prospecting, right? So sales-wise, you probably have to make it 30 seconds if you're going to put that in an email. Um, but yeah, uh, I forgot the question because I was thinking about the shorter thing. But uh, I, on the content side, uh, on the content oh, yeah, side, oh, yeah. what, what should people include? I mean, what, what are the, the key ingredients to, to making a great uh, video podcast? Uh, I- anything? You want to tell the story. It's got to be interesting. Uh, as short as it can be, as long as it needs to be. So don't fill a time per se. But if it's going to take you three minutes to explain something, it takes three minutes. Don't make it hit five minutes. I I say the same for webinars, kind of with anything. Like, I hate webinars that you sit there and you're like, we're spending an extra 15 minutes. This is done. Like, you're not saying anything anymore. Like, we've hit that limit. Why are we still talking? So as short as it can be, as long as it needs to be, though. Uh, trust me, I, I worked with engineers. Those guys love to talk about everything. So it's mainly, <laughs> what is the point of what you're trying to say? Um, so that that's the big thing. And then just go. I mean, the just go shoot is the thing I always say. Don't People ask me all the time, how do I get started and stuff? I mean, I got started editing with Premiere Pro where my, my buddy slash producer sat me in front of the machine. It was after hours. We had to edit a bunch of videos. He goes, C is cut, V is paste, go. And that was it. <laughs> And then I use Google, I use YouTube. Those are your two biggest friends. Google everything. I, I still Google. I tell people, like, if you came to me with a question about how to do something with video and you didn't Google it, I'm going to be mad at you because you wasted my time. <laughs> you couldn't figure out how Google works. That's what my boss used to say to me when I was an executive assistant, is it your job to figure it out. So you have to have some kind of that entrepreneurial spirit whenever you're diving into a new medium like this, because not only do you have to know the background, but you have to actively be doing the research and trying to get better and getting those reps in. And that's the only way you get better is getting those reps. Kyle, what's currently untapped in logistics marketing that more companies should be taking advantage of in 2021? Video. I mean, video, it, it's there. Uh, a lot of it is, I mean, again, it's what I see. So I could be wrong and I could be missing stuff. And if I am, please let me know. Uh, but what I'm seeing is a lot of kind of video recordings of podcasts and webinars. But there is so much more 
on in video that you could be creating. There's so many interesting things. I mean, I love, I know uh, one of the YouTube channels I particularly love is by this guy named Trucker Josh that films the day in the life of mm -hmm. trucking, like of just him driving his, he's a Canadian truck driver, kind of driving all around. When he hit the pandemic, it was insane. Just of like how, what he was experiencing and stuff. And that's just genuine video. That's his voice. It's not him kind of doing a marketing thing. It's really just him creating. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a ton of stuff. I mean, lists are great. I love particularly, I watch a ton of wrestling video list. Uh, Dooner does too. So that's why you don't want to get any of the people's elbow on bringing to you, Dooner. Uh, but yeah, list are another thing. There's a ton of video content out there that others are doing. And I, Blythe, I know you and I talk a lot about this, but I mean, the, the thing is like, they just, you're not, it's not stealing, right? Paying attention to content is important, especially as a content creator and particularly pay attention to stuff that caught your attention. I mean, half the time, I'm anything that catches my attention, I'm like, okay, what caught my attention? Was it a title? Was it a thumbnail? Was it this? like, what was it? I save it. I mean, I, it was Pinteresting forever. Now I kind of just put it in teams to myself. But uh, yeah, I mean, pay attention to what others are doing and see like, hey, would this be interesting in my industry? Could I create something that's a little cool to do? And don't be afraid to kind of experiment. Nothing's going to be great the first time, not online. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm happy that my, my channel just, I think, is about to hit 200 like subscribers and that's great for me i'm pumped about that but it took a lot of hard work um and then read about the channel i mean the, these channels these algorithms are very particular how they want to be used so you can't just upload and say like we did it yay way to go i mean there's <laughs> stuff like descriptions metadata all these things uh closed captioning there's a bunch of stuff that you got to kind of read about and pay attention to because it constantly is changing they're always updating uh so Fortunately, it's work. <laughs> work is kind of the big thing to do. <laughs> it, it, it is. Nothing replaces work, right? I, and one of the things that the, I always talk about, and we were talking about, I think, earlier in the show, I, I want to get your opinion on it. I know what your opinion is going to be, but the reasons behind it is, you know, I, I think a lot of marketing people get fixated on this ROI per channel instead of doing what's immeasurable. And a lot of video content, podcast content, rebranding, it's hard to measure, but it, it needs to be done because it's, it's complementary to, to all your, your kind of straight marketing channels and sales channels, you know, all those cold calls. Uh, but it's hard to measure. How do you, how do you respond to people uh, when they talk about overall, R, uh, ROI a little bit too much? You know, I don't find it hard to measure. I find it hard to explain. Right. Yeah. So the executives are like, what do you, what do you like? Is this going to get us leads? Is this going to get us prospects? I, I'm still struggling. Right. Uh, I mean, I wish I had a perfect answer. Like, just say this and they get it. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of it, I mean, it, it's listening. It's kind of hearing what their concerns are, trying to find the ways that's explaining what you're type, you're doing and how you're, you're kind of expanding our reach like no one likes awareness awareness seems fake it doesn't seem real but it, it is a, it's an important thing it, it, it is kind of I, I know a ton of people hate on it but at the end of the day it's like okay cool like if we if my awareness is a little bit bigger i have more of a pool to come from i mean it's simple math with those guys but roi wise um i, I wish i had a good answer to that it, it is if you can keep everything low and it's not something that they're seeing in the budget, you kind of get to do a little bit more. So again, use your phone, use things that they aren't really kind of paying attention to. I mean, the, the one cool thing I learned in 2020 was that a, our video conferencing records, it can do whiteboards. It can do a bunch of stuff. Uh, so I've been able to kind of produce and kind of make like my production levels gotten better because of being remote because I've been able to be doing like three camera shoots and be able to switch between stuff and all that on the fly while doing interviews. So if, you, if it's on a budget item and they don't see it, your ROI is going to be great. <laughs> so try to make it free. Kyle, what does your, I guess, a typical week look like for you as far as creating new content compared to like a typical month? Are you actively planning out the following month as far as content is concerned? Are you shooting on a certain day? What are the, I guess, the, the, the steps to success that, that maybe other companies can replicate? I'm not live, so I've got it pretty easy. Uh, you can record as much as you need to, right? 52 weeks in a year, I got to create 52 pieces of content. Uh, for the most part, I've created a template for my podcast and my video stuff. So I can kind of know how long that's going to take me uh, and kind of measure all that type of stuff. I, I also know it's unfair because I have 10-something years of doing internet video. So I understand pulling down frame rates, all that type of stuff. Um, 
typically I, I would prefer to have everything recorded, but if I, I didn't do that, I'm kind of working off of like the week to the month stuff. I'm probably going to try to record early in the week so I can give my guest an opportunity to kind of review what I did. And what I'll do is kind of pull it down, do a very rough cut edit, um, nothing crazy, just kind of make sure that they can hear the message, make sure they like everything that they heard. Uh, if they want to remove something, it gives me time to really have to do some more roll up your sleeves editing. Uh, give them that. I also try to, once they say it's all good, I'll do the final cut and also create my short clips. So kind of doing that all right away. And then I'm using like we, our CRM, we'll do a little scheduling stuff, but kind of like a tweet deck or Hootsuite, that type of stuff, getting everything scheduled. Um, and then it's also kind of talking, attending meetings, getting some more things, planning stuff out. I have, I use Microsoft notes. That's my big thing. So I just constantly will like add little, like, okay, here's a content idea. Here's a content idea. Um, that type of stuff. But yeah, for the month though, it, at the end of the, it's mainly the kind of that type of stuff. And at the end of the month, I'm going to create my reports, kind of start digging into my data, trying to provide like reports that they're going to care about. So paying attention mm -hmm. to what my executives want, communicating with them. Uh, and talking to others. I mean, a, a lot of, as you guys say, like I have a little internal team. I, I really rely on my experts who are kind of the day-to-day -day, day -day -day operators, load planners, brokerage, all those guys. Um, I try to make sure that they're aware of success. So I, I don't want them to feel like I just am helping this dumb marketer with a beard out who like talks trash about my putting skills. I, I want them to feel like they were successful and they helped me be successful. So a lot of that is just going through in our kind of ops meetings and our team meetings and kind of talking about success and explaining why it's so important. Yeah, so I, I have an audience question to, to, to start off with. Are those Call of Duty headphones? You can imagine no, exactly no. that. These might be uh, Duner headphones, to be honest with you. I, I think these are Logitech. Oh, no, they are. They're Duner headphones. I'm using his my, my headphones are a lot bigger, a little more noise-canceling. But no, no, not Call of Duty. Unfortunately, I have a six, eight-month-old, so I'm playing Nintendo Switch if I'm playing anything. That's awesome. <laughs> well, let's talk about the rebranding. What's the one thing that you've learned so far in rebranding? Oh God! Uh, There's got to be one. There's probably like 800, but just just pick one or two. Timing is never. It's sort of like doing a home renovation where you think you can do it all yourself. Like <laughs> it's not gonna. It's absolutely not going that way. There is so many more moving parts than you could ever expect. Um, I, I think. It, 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 again, it goes to communications and important uh, in, in communication at the beginning. Uh, I think that was one thing that I probably didn't do as great of a job as I should have of communicating internally of kind of what we're going to be uh, critiquing at certain periods and certain points in time and stuff like that. And then sort of how much you really can kind of go back on stuff. That was sort of a, a fun thing. Uh, literally yesterday, I just... Uh, just switched over our emails. That's a pain in the butt. Uh, <laughs> this morning, I've been working on all of our social channels. Also a pain in the butt. Uh, so <laughs> it, as much planning as you can do, it, it's not impossible. But it, I mean, there's going to be mistakes. It's kind of like Blythe said, I, I use this kind of time period because it's good. I can kind of take the break, know that not a lot of people are uh, really knocking down my website to figure out what's happening uh, right now. We have a SEO plan to go in 2021. Uh, we're probably going to do some PR too in 2021, kind of the beginning. Um, we're going to probably be doing like three months of formerly a morning co. So I'm getting excited to talk about that. And then all of December, we luckily kind of use the holidays as kind of our excuse to talk to clients. Uh, I got to do a lot of face-to-face -face stuff with um, over Zoom. Uh, talking to clients to kind of prepare them and sort of getting their feedback. And then we also, as you can see with this beautiful shirt I'm wearing, we got to print out some apparel and send that as sort of like the holidays are here. Remember, we're changing our uh, everything. Uh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I communicate uh, as much as you can at the beginning. Uh, that's kind of the big thing for me when it came to rebranding. I probably should have talked a lot more. No, you guys have gone through this big change and what's not going to change is I think is some of the formatting of your content and, and obviously the goals of all the content you're going to create. Do you have any favorite episodes that you have done in the past that you want to try to do more of in, in the next year? Yeah, Dooner actually did this thing called SCU 30, which is supply chain under 30. I loved it. Uh, so much fun to talk to the, these kids coming out of college and what their experience was. Because, uh, I mean, they they had 
they had cell phones. They had smartphones to begin with. I'm like, I, yeah, I got a smartphone because my mother got sick of picking us up from the, like, we didn't even have a smartphone. We had the thing that played the Nokia brick that played snake. <laughs> I'm like, we had that because my mom was sick of picking us up from baseball. So she basically is like, here, this is the only thing you can use this for. I'm like, you kids knew what this was growing up. So talking to them, seeing how much they're aware of the supply chain, kind of learning what drove them and how they got to it. It's so fascinating. Uh, I got to do a couple, one with like internally, I use the, that's kind of my fun thing because as we bring on new people, I could talk to them and they don't need to be an expert in logistics. I can just sort of talk to them about how they, what was their journey to get here. People are really happy to talk about that. Uh, I got to even uh, talk to um, this Maddie Kelly over at CVS Health. Super fun conversation. Um, and they're just a fun group to talk about. But all about like what she was doing to get into logistics was a blast to sort of hear mm. from. So that's a fun one. Um, one thing I'm really going to try to do is be a little more focused on my kind of themes and stuff. So a big thing I really, really enjoyed that we did was something I wasn't even on. Uh, it was a interview we did with Jeremy Eisenberg from Checks Finder Foods, and I had our CEO, or not our CEO, our director, uh, Steve Aborn, just talking to him. And they're both family-run businesses, so they kind of got to have this really interesting conversation of what's it like to be uh, like the the manager, the GM of your own kind of family-owned business, and how you're kind of really like invested in the staff becomes your family. So. I love those things. I particularly, I don't like being on stuff. I, I'd rather be producing. I'd rather have the my experts speaking the language that the prospects and my audience is going to speak. I know that I don't know everything that they're going to talk about. And a lot of times I learn questions from what my my guys are talking about. So I, I love getting, I'd love to get more CEOs, more logistics managers, more shippers kind of talking to my load planners and talking to my like brokerage team, talking to Chris Peckham, who's this amazing uh, VP of operations we have that's like crazy amazing at how smart the guy is and he's been doing everything forever uh but he scares the heck out of you the first time you meet him because he's very <laughs> serious and he's got jacked so yeah it's so much fun <laughs> having him but he's like the nicest guy he explained imo 2020 to me probably 15 times he's still like explaining everything to me uh and he's really passionate so i mean i love having those guys talk and i love when they talk to others talking to me hmm. is fine because i don't really i'm like oh okay cool it doesn't really affect me as much as you would think when they talk to other people that's the thing i really enjoy hmm that's fantastic. Uh, hey, do, do you have a 2021 resolution? I'm going to ask you both this. Do you have a 2021 marketing resolution lined out so far? Something that, just like a New Year's Eve, you know, a New Year's resolution. Do you want to go first, Blythe? I've talked a I, lot. <laughs> well, for me, I would say that I'm going to practice more end of the month, end of the quarter resolutions. I want to celebrate more of those small wins that lead into something greater. I want to kind of, you know, pull back a little from the, I'm going to make one New Year's resolution at one time of the year. I think, you know, 2020 sort of taught us to, to, to celebrate the minor wins. And I think you can only really do that if you do it on a monthly or a quarterly scale. I would 100% agree with that. Be, I, a big resolution for me is going to be be better at reports, be better at metrics, be better at kind of mm -hmm. talking about the minor wins. Uh, the other thing I really, really want to make sure I'm doing is the video testimonials. I, I love capturing video testimonials. I like doing that type of storytelling. I got to do one with one of our clients. It was really fun. Kind of got to go and see their operation. That's that's my client saying why we're great. That's not me putting words in their mouth. You see them like saying this stuff, you're hearing it. And that, to me, that's a better connection than I could ever make. So I want to do more of those. I kind of, thanks a lot, COVID, couldn't really visit anyone. Uh, but yeah, that's the, the big thing for me. I, I think for me, the, the big thing, I, I I, I think I'm going to learn how to use Twitter. I, I still really haven't figured out how to get my news and everything from Twitter. I kind of dabble in it, but I think I'm going to go full force into to, to really doing it. I do like the video testimonials, so I, I need to start doing a few more of those. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think I'm going to learn Twitter. That's going to be my 2021. And oh, produce no, more content. Oh, yeah. Produce no, more content. Do, yeah, produce more content. Uh, avoid produce Twitter. More content. Yes, I'm, I'm going to put out more content. And that's always my, my New Year's resolution for marketing, is just to, to put out as much content as possible and see what works. I, I don't know what's going to work. I don't know what's not going to work. But just keep going and, and, and posting things out and, and making videos. And, and just, I, I, you can't really go wrong if you do that.
No, like I, yeah, my uh, my business development reps. I'm already filming them. We're going to start incorporating snippet, thirty minute, thirty second, not thirty minute, thirty second videos uh, that I filmed with an iPhone uh, that they can include. And like, hey, so and so, reaching out to you because I'd love to talk to you. And like, that's the type of thing. Just you start creating. I mean, if it go, it was thirty seconds. A, B, it was on my iPhone. So it, if it doesn't work, it, it's not a big deal. It wasn't like we had a whole video production team that recorded this, and you couldn't say the words. Like, it's fine. Yes, I, d- definitely correct. It's been a pleasure having you on here, Kyle, and, and learning more about your marketing strategies and and how you took over the reins from Dooner, of course. Uh, they're freight <laughs> freight plus. Uh, how does our audience? So there's a few people out here wanting to know how to, to reach out and contact you and learn more about Freight Plus and and get some more of your insights. Oh, absolutely. And please contact me. I, lo- I love talking this stuff again, mentoring or even talking video. I, I have had a co- ton of people who's like, hey, I'd just love to pick your brain. I am more than happy to talk. Uh, LinkedIn's a great channel, Kyle McNaught, M-A-C-N-A-U-G-H-T. Uh, that's kind of the LinkedIn channel. Uh, Freightplus.io is the website. So you can go in there. We have a whole resource page. You can kind of see old Dooner stuff. You can see new stuff that I created. You can judge and tell us on LinkedIn who is the best one. And then Dooner <laughs> will probably like, threatened to beat you up if he's 20 minutes away, I guess. Uh, <laughs> joking, dude, his stuff was amazing. <laughs> and it really just kind of built off of his. But yeah, FreightPlus.io uh, is kind of the website to go check out. Um, we're on YouTube. YouTube, search Freight Plus. Uh, that's the way. Uh, tons of video up there. Uh, please check it out. That's kind of, again, probably more my baby just because of me loving video so much. So yeah, check that out and reach out to me on LinkedIn. And then my email is just kmacnot at FreightPlus.io. Great. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kyle. And uh, have a happy new year. You too, guys. Uh, Enjoy it. Stay warm. Uh, I'm up here in Boston. Uh, Go Jags with their Trevor Lawrence pickup, everything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Sneak it in somehow. (laughs) And Ryan Schreiber told me to talk trash about Florida State, but I, I won't do that. Hey, oh, what trash can you talk about a trashy team? I mean, we're not even bowling this year. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that clip of my guest co-hosting gig on FreightWaves. Put that coffee down. And if you liked that, then be sure to tune in to the upcoming sales and marketing event presented by FreightWaves. Kyle and I actually joined forces to record a segment for the event dubbed Four Content Marketing Fears and How to Combat Them. Some of them you might have heard us talking about in this show, but we break it down in a good sort of 20, 25 minute format, going through some of our embarrassing mishaps of creating content over the past 10 years. So it's a really fun, great segment. Hope you guys like it. Um, But we're essentially breaking down the excuses that most companies make before they decide to start investing in one of their most important assets, and that's the stories within their own companies. So outside of my Freight Waves content, and if you're new to my show here at Digital Dispatch and you like what you've heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button because we've got a ton of more great content like this coming in the pipeline. Think interviews, insight, and stories from in and around the logistics industry. You can also hit up the digitaldispatchwebsite.io, digitaldispatch.io, I kind of goofed on that one, but it has more information on our services and products. And don't forget to snag that free course that's still available on freightschoolplaybook.com, how to audit your website. Until next time, my name is Blythe Brimley, and I will see you real soon.